So people show up to work and they do the bare minimum. They stay below the radar Mm -hmm. and they call it quiet quitting. So they basically quit their job, but they didn't quit. So they're still getting paid and no one knows it, but them, they're mailing it in. Yeah. And so I think this has been going on for a long time. No shit. Right. But it's a trend now. So people get on TikTok. Hashtag quiet quitting. Now that's just dumb because you're like showing your cards. Yeah. It's like, hey. But if your boss isn't on there. Oh, somebody is. Yeah. And no real boss is ever on TikTok. They're going to have their assistant on TikTok. TikTok. TikTok's, I brought TikTok up in a meeting and you, their faces just. You told me about that. Yeah. They freaked out. Yeah. I'm like, they're the same people freaking out about Facebook. In case you haven't noticed, we love podcasts. In fact, we love building podcasts, everything from development to production. Because of all that, we're building a -a one-of-a-kind podcast network. If you have a podcast or looking to launch a new podcast, then we should talk. You can message me on Twitter at Eric underscore Kaz or hit us up any way that works for you. Let's talk about your podcast joining this one-of-a-kind podcast network. So you wanted to be a vocalist when you were younger? A vocalist? What do you mean? Like a rock singer? Like a singer of some sort, like a voiceover. No, no. Will Arnett, like... No, Anything. no, no, no. I was a musician. Still am. Yeah. So you're in the front of the stage. No, I'm an instrumentalist. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So no vocals necessary. Did you have a front man? Doing what? Singing. Yes, actually, I was. I was part of a group. I was. Part <laughs> of what do you mean doing what? Like who's? Okay. Well, I mean, if I said I'm an instrumentalist, so you're just behind the scenes creating music. Yeah, I just for your create computer. my own music. Not on my computer. On my guitar and on my computer. Okay. Because you uploaded it to that. Yeah. Back then, you did that. Yeah, well, it was with a four track, mm. these little four track machines that we're using cassette tapes. We just lost all the millennials. <laughs> yeah, they're like, what's a tape? Yeah. It's like, I think we've got some of those, you know, like in a collector's box. Yeah. Yeah, did you use a four track recorder. I got my NWA tape still. That was good. I got a bunch of tapes. That guy at the record store, mm-hmm. he sold me on it. He's like, do you have this? And it was Ice Cube and NWA. Oh, really? And he's like, you have to have Which it. Which Ice I'm Cube like, album? This is his first one. Oh, wow. Yeah. What was the name of that one? I'll have to look it up. I don't remember. The one good. I remember that really sticks with me is when I was in the eighth grade. It was Predator. Mm. Man. That was his first one, right? Was Maybe? it? Ice Cube. Opens up with the uh, stocking, walking in my big black boots. I'm not about to start rapping it because I'll look it's like okay. a jackass. It's okay. America's Most Wanted. That was it. Predator was later. Yeah. That's what I got. I like it. America's Most Wanted. You know what? It was Easy E though, I think of it. It was NWA and Easy E. They were out first. Oh, yes. Easy does by, it. By far. Yeah. 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 Ice Cube came later. Oh, yeah. I mean, he was there. I'm not saying he came out later. His he was album part of NWA, came out. NWA, yeah. I know that. I'm just making sure you know. That was a good movie. That was a good... That was a good movie. Yeah. A good documentary. Yeah. Kind of. It was a movie documentary slash his kid played him. Anyway, I know. Yeah. We're off the rails already. So we're going to try to compartmentalize. So far off the rails. So far gone. What do you think about working from home? And all the... <laughs> <laughs> Nice transition. Yeah. Yeah, I wish people could see your face when you asked that question. <laughs> you got serious it or what? so sincere. Yeah, like, I'm serious. Yeah, we're all through this. Hey, what do you think about working from home? Yeah. <laughs> That's I mean, all yeah. I've ever done my entire yeah. career. Is it just me or is it fucking hot in here? It is yeah. hot. Yeah. Should we take off our clothes? <laughs> I mean. What is going on with the AC? I don't know. Do we need to take a little pause here? I'm going to start mm. sweating like a pig. Do you want to pause it out? Well, go ahead. I don't I know could- what you'd pause it out. No, I could go right in there. You just keep talking. You just want me to keep talking? Yeah. All right. That sounds good. I don't know if it'll work. Now that I've got everybody alone here, while Eric goes to turn up the AC. Mm. He's back. Like an escape room. I can already feel it getting cooler in here. Shit. Ooh, escape room. Ooh. Makes me think of 
Cobra Kai. Oh, you haven't watched season five yet, though. Childhood. Oh, I have not. You have not watched Cobra Kai, and you. Yeah, you got to get on it. When you watched the first Karate Kid, who would you like, Johnny or Daniel? Oh, I mean, Johnny was a complete asshole, but Daniel Mm. was just unconvincing. Did not like Daniel. There was a lot more to that story. And we never truly understand like what someone's going through. See him out there like showing off like with that soccer ball on the beach with uh, Allie. And all. I mean, to me, I was just like, yeah, he, even as a kid, I was like, you suck. <laughs> he didn't deserve to get beat up like he did. No one deserves that. Yeah. Okay. Come on. You brought some of that Jersey cockiness with him to California. Yeah. You can't do that. Yeah. You shouldn't do that. Especially not against a bunch of like, you know, high yeah. school ninjas. Yeah. That was their turf. Yeah. That was their girl. Yeah. His girl. Mm. He was now it's like, nobody's girl, someone else's girl. You know, she showed up in season five. I know she showed no, up. Like she season two. No, she didn't show up in season five. Allie, was like, we're talking about Allie. Yeah. Yeah. She was too good for both of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Daniel yeah. sucked. He just always sucked. Yeah. I always thought he was a I heard he wasn't actor. good at karate. Like that was. He, does, he wasn't. Yeah. That was pretty obvious. Yeah. Just look at him. He just looked like shit. <laughs> yeah. I mean. That he didn't take it serious. Like he was too big for that. Oh, is that, was that his position? I don't know. Because a guy like him looks like he needs to learn a little self-defense. Yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah. He struggled in The Outsiders too. Did you see he that? He is just a struggler. <laughs> Let's just call it what it yeah. is. Yeah. He had a cameo in Entourage. You used to watch Entourage? I've seen a few of the episodes. Oh, no, but no, you got to see all the episodes. It's all one of them? the best. It's really good. Yeah. He had a cameo. Yeah. yeah. It was good. It was good. Yeah. Yeah. The Outsiders? That's I remember the Outsiders. one of the best. Pony Boy? Yeah. I thought he was Pony Boy. No. It was Johnny. Johnny, man. Johnny was in The Outsiders? No, not Johnny from Karate Kid. Johnny okay. in The Outsiders was Daniel LaRusso, uh, which is Ralph Macchio. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, question. Johnny. Johnny died. Oh. Spoiler alert. But if you haven't seen Outsiders, then you haven't seen that movie. I have. I just don't okay. remember much of it. It's a good book. Good movie. Because they all read school. it. Like your kids will read it. Yeah. Eventually. And you have to watch the movie. Yeah. They still roll in on some of these schools. They roll in like the old like cart. Yeah. With the old TV there. Oh, I was got excited. in the back like, I can't see shit. And they get quizzed on it and they fail it because they don't know what happened in the movie. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. They were sleeping anyway. Yeah. Hey, you knew that. Yeah. Hey, what do you think about working from home? Mm, mm-hmm. I like that. I mean, there's a lot to be said right now. But everyone in Charlotte's back to work, it feels like. like yeah, I guess. Driving around. But I guess not. Yeah. There was an issue. The reason I said it. Yeah. There was a podcast. Oh, I imagine, oh, it's all happening on podcasts now. I hate podcasts so much. <laughs> I hate them. What do you think of Malcolm Gladwell? Eh, he's always read. kind of boring. Yeah. Really? He's boring? No, I think he's a brilliant dude, but I've just, I never gave a shit about his 10,000 hours and everything else. Okay. But he's an interesting writer. He's a good writer. He's good. He just talks about like these stories and he somehow relates it to these ideas and he'll do a ton of research and stuff that you would never like this youth basketball league and why the team was like winning all these games, whatever. No, he good would, point. Good point. Okay. I think I'm just thinking back to like the last like video or something that I saw of him. Yeah. I was like, oh, I'm kind of bored. Haters. Yeah. Well, no, no, but I think he is. I mean, you know, he's exceptional. I yeah. do believe that. He's got a master class. You can learn how to write from him. That's what I think I was watching some of, some of his master class. But he does talk because his chapters are like, you know what? It's almost a guarantee. It's me. It's not him. It's me. Well, people got mad at him. For what? He's on a podcast. Uh-huh. And he talked about how working from home mm-hmm. is really bad. Okay. And people shouldn't work from home. And he was getting kind of emotional about it, right? Yeah. It was a New York Post article. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I got to hear this podcast because right. they're making these bold claims. So I go and reach out and search the podcast, Diary of a CEO. Okay, yeah. cool. So I listened to the podcast. It's like an hour and 40 something minutes. Mm. 
So I'm about like hour and 15 minutes. There's been no talk of yeah. working from home. He's talked about his childhood. Yeah. He's talked about running track. Mm. He's talked about his father passing away. Yeah. And then later on in the podcast, there's this section where they talk about working from home. Yeah. And he gets into this. He had just been like emotional and tearing up about his father. Yeah. And all of a sudden there's this, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes where he's talking about working from home. And yeah. Malcolm Gladwell's the big name. The host of the show talked more about working from home than he did. In fact, saying how like they just went, the New York Post and all these people, and it's everywhere now. Yeah. And people took over and said, he's a disaster. He's a liar. You know, he's worked from home. Fucking hate media journalists. I mean, not all of them, but the vast majority were fucking trolls. But people took yeah. it. And then like people are like, they're canceling him. I don't know if they've canceled him. So I don't stupid. even know what that means anymore. Because like, it means nothing. Because if so many people get canceled. Right. All it does is blow up your matter. profile. It's great. Right. What do you, right. you get canceled? Right. right. By the media? Wonderful. Right. Congratulations. And you could disagree with his statement or you could, but I'm like, how many of those people actually listen to the full podcast? And how would you come away with that? Mm -hmm. hey, you could disagree with things that he said. Yes. But how would you come away with like, he's a bad person? Dude, we've covered this ground. People yeah, are just easily, that's me. sadly. I got to stop getting pulled into that. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, this is good. We want to manufacture outrage. We mm. want to find the thing yeah. that makes us so mad yeah. that we redline yeah. on. Mm. Can't do it. Oh, I'm doing it. Are you doing it? Wait, me. You spiking? How would I be spiking? Because I'm you're not outraged. Even, yeah. Because you're angry. Am I spiking? Yeah, you're, you're not. All I'm saying. Because your voice goes too high when you speak. <laughs> you're right. I wanted to be a vocalist. Yeah. I had Taylor Swift playing on my car the other day and I had the bass way up. My wife's like, I know there's a lot to go with that. It really is. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot. And the bass was just banging and it was like, it was good. Well, let me throw this back out here. We're a big Taylor Swift family, but go ahead. No, no, I got that, man. Yeah. I mean, you've got what, two girls, mm -hmm. one son. Yeah. I mean, you're outnumbered. Yeah. So I get it. Mm -hmm. My wife's outnumbered. Mm -hmm. It's just me, our two sons. I've seen her live. She's good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it takes a woman like that to put up with a guy like me. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, she's calm. Yeah. You know, yeah. she's, yeah, she could do so much better. You've worked from home most of your life. I've worked from home a lot. And he actually even talks about, I listened to this a while ago. I have to go listen again. There's this hybrid approach where it's not because they've done these studies that say people feel they're not a part of something if they're not in the office. True. Now, I yeah. agree. Every single day going through traffic, like it's a waste of time. Yep. It's stressful. It's frustrating. It's expensive. Gas is expensive. Then you got to go out to lunch. Then you can't spend time with your kids. I get all of that. Yeah. But there's truth to the fact that few people quit or get fired because they didn't feel a part of something. Mm -hmm. And if you don't feel a part of something, it's hard to carry on with all that you're doing. And I think yeah. that is kind of, that's what he's getting at. And it's not these things are never blanket statements. Yeah. If you're better waking up, having your coffee, closing your door and just grinding it out, getting to work, go for it. Yeah. You know, and if you feel like you're and you feel a part of something and you're working at something, then do that. Correct. They just, he's wrong and this and that and people just freak out. And most of those are probably bots. Guarantee. Yeah, there's always bots. There's a lot of bots. Yeah, yeah, there are. There's been a lot of bots for a long time. Did we talk about the Reddit threads or just, you know, these Twitter bots that are arguing mm -hmm. with each other? I mean, it's wild. That's like wild. they're arguing over politics so and all should kinds we of culture. Care what anyone says, dude. That's the point. Who yeah. gives a shit? Yeah, I don't. If somebody's like, "Oh, well, George, this, this, this," I'm like, "Hey, what? Cool." You yeah, know? yeah. I mean, just don't engage with it. It's yeah. just stupid, stupid, yeah. stupid, stupid. And here's the reality: I think it comes down to the person, right? 
some people are better working from home without any distractions. Okay. I, you know, even though I've got, you've been to my backyard office. I mean, mm. that shit is amazing. It's yeah. great. Yeah. But it gets lonely. Yeah. I thrive around people, but I'm a walking contradiction because I've also never worked for anybody in my entire professional career. Yeah. I like not having, you know, like employees, like W2 employees, but at the right. same time, I work best with a team, but it has to be a very select team. Yeah. So all that to say is that work is complex, depends on the kind of person you are and what really gets you amped because mm-hmm. it's rare that just being by myself and working on something nonstop really gets me going unless it's something I'm really, really wanting to do. Right. Again, you know, that's part of the ADD, right? It's mm-hmm. just, I thrive off of interaction. Mm-hmm. That's why I enjoy this Extroverted. podcast. Oh yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, like you need that. Yeah. But there's times I could imagine you're working on a project. Oh yeah. For three hours. Mm-hmm. By yourself yep. and just working on like you enjoy it. Yep. That's not a bad thing. Now you probably gotta go spend some time with somebody. Maybe it's your family, maybe it's a friend, maybe it's What do you think I'm gonna do after this show? Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. That's all so I can take that. You should take it as a compliment, okay. man. Okay. Yeah. So you're gonna go hunker down after this. Oh yeah. Because yeah. I'll have my interaction fix. It'd mm. be great. I've had my Eric fix. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Mm, friendship. It'd be really good. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Best friendship? Mm, That's pushing yet. it. Yeah. So yeah, I'm going to push it. Yeah. You take your time. Okay. I'm glad we can just call each other friends in yeah, public now. Space is good for people. Space is great for yeah, people. Like it that. really is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This is good. This is really good. So, yeah. I mean, as for people piling on, that's just because we're dealing with it now with sports. So football oh. season, so we record this. This oh, is evergreen. Yeah. Remember, easy on week one and all this stuff. You know, yeah, I yeah, get, yeah. But I mean, again, we're not like pontificating about, I mean, we're talking remember, about our This opinions. is the podcast. That Baker's going to listen to when he retires. We're going to have Baker on the show. Okay. We can do that. Yeah. He didn't look happy. Week one. Dude, I'll tell you what. <laughs> I was, me and my dad were both so conflicted. Mm. I wanted the Browns to stomp the shit out of the Panthers because I'm a Browns fan. Yeah. But I'm a Baker fan. Yeah. So it was weird to root for both teams when both teams had the ball. Yeah. Like, I mean, Baker I, looked like dog shit in the first I had to quarter. I that game off. They went backwards. Yeah. They were going backwards every series. I'm like, okay, they're never going to get a yard. Yeah. Dude, but come that second quarter, it's like, no, that's the baker. That's the man I fell in love with. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's not unique to me and my mm, dad right. being Baker fans. Apparently, and I have I remember, because uh, somebody asked him about this, there were a ton of Browns fans. Number one, there was just a shitload of Browns fans that showed up oh, yeah. at the game. Yeah. Oh, so we should probably talk I about it. I sent you that video. Like, I know. That bar. Yeah. Yeah, that They're was all wild. Brown- yeah, which makes sense. All of it. But a lot of them showed up with their Mayfield jerseys mm. on. And somebody asked Mayfield about that in the post game. And he was like, yeah, it means a lot. He goes, I, that place will always be special to me. Yeah. Those fans. He was like, that's where I got my start. Yeah. You know, I'll never. Because you don't get that here. It's not the same thing. No. No, Cleveland's, it'll be different. Yeah. It's not bad. And that's where you got to start. And it's just, they're, they're just, they just love it to yeah. a different level. Well, and I tell you what, man, like I've listened to you know, the local Cleveland sports shows, mm-hmm. people that talk about you know, they have to talk more about why it's great that Baker's gone. But if you look at actual Cleveland fans, I mean, it's, it's a clear divide. Like, I mean, if you're a Cleveland fan, number one, you're not from Cleveland, but if you're a Cleveland fan, I'm not from Cleveland. I'm not saying you, but if you're not, if you're a Cleveland fan, you like a fighter because you're the underdog always. So it's just built into the DNA. Sure. You know, it's like we, it's a standing joke and we go, yeah, this is going to be our year. And we right. already know like the Browns are going to Brown, right. <laughs> you know, so right. it's not, but you still hold out hope. Yeah. And Baker had that same kind of fire and yeah. that's why people loved him. So yeah, I think there's, you know, I mean, the Browns have got an amazing lineup, but it kind of feels a little lifeless. I mean, Jacoby Brissett looked like shit. Yeah. 
I mean, he just... He's just average. Oh, that below average. Below average. I mean, sure, if you're just talking numbers, I don't know, man. But I mean, it was just like, it, how slow Average those meaning balls? like he'll win you one out of every two games. Dude. That's average. It's yeah. 500. You have to stay alive for when Deshaun comes back. But right. Deshaun hasn't played football in a long time. A year and a half, man. Yeah. Like, what's he going to look like? It's going to take him you half a year to... You, you know, know. Who knows? You who knows? Know. Yeah. But I mean, I was just amazed. You see how fast Baker releases that ball when it wasn't getting swatted out of the air? But when, yeah. How fast <laughs> that ball goes, it is like a bullet. And I mean, you watch Jacoby Brissett and it's like, boo, <laughs> it's like, all right, nice. hey guys, we, let's take a coffee break. I'll catch that in a minute. We don't need a sound man here. Yeah. You got <laughs> You like that? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's pretty good. Yeah. Well, so sports, there's so many takes mm-hmm. and any level of it. And it's, that's it. That's yeah. the answer. And there's no, and especially with the NFL and mm-hmm. college football, man, people get mad. Damn. They get real mad. And then people chime in and then you see these arguments break out and then you see fights in the stadium like the nfl stuff is weird like these, yeah. i saw some fights this weekend I'm was there like, fights at the panthers browns game i don't know probably i haven't seen those videos yet but interesting possibly well, you know i'll tell you what those people throwing up at the Bengals game oh I my you god that. you sent that to yeah. me was so nasty she's just like, like bleh, bleh, bleh. it's like she said she was rinsing her mouth out that was my yeah. ass <laughs> yeah I mean, it's clear. She's what vomiting. are we doing here? This and then is the kid a family with the neck brace yeah. in front of her. I was like, "Are you just barfing?" Because the one guy turned around, like, "Yo, what?" Yeah. So because you know his legs were getting splattered with oh, barf. Man, it's gross, nasty. Man. That's yeah. why I'm so glad I don't go to games. Yeah, that's, that's the narrative I'm going with. Yeah. Hey, we'll see this other thing about the Panthers Browns game. The Panthers got screwed. Oh, at the end of the game, twice. Yeah. Number one, that roughing the passer was okay. bullshit. Yeah. You know, again, I can't believe I'm defending yeah. the passer because the Browns, believe me, the Browns get so many bad calls mm-hmm. called on them. It's interesting to see that like, oh, they're they're actually getting some, you know. Yeah. And then the intentional grounding that should have been, he's like, oh, it was a fake with Jacoby Brissett, you know, he should have gotten intentional grounding. Yeah. But he didn't. Yeah. So that was two. Because that intentional grounding would have put them 15 yards back mm-hmm. and forced them, I think, into fourth down, which... I mean, don't get me wrong, Cade, your work fucking crushed it. Yeah. I mean, that guy's amazing. Yeah, rookie. Yeah, what's like 58, 59 yeah, yards? stupid. Ridiculous. Yeah, he made drilled it. it. But yeah. if he'd have gone 15 yards back, that would have been a different story. Oh, he wouldn't have made that, yeah. Yeah. 73 yards, that's a oh lot of yards. God, if he yeah. would have made that, though. Yeah. Jeez, now yeah. that would have been like, hey. Yeah, yeah. hey, what are you going to do? Yeah. Refs, refs are a problem. I talked to with this other podcast on the network. Oh, there you go. Buckeye yeah, Focus. Yeah, yeah. So we're talking Big props with, to the SC Network. No, the CAS Network. CAS so Yeah, I don't know. Now you use too many words. It's just like, well, come back to it. You did. Uh, my bad. God. Let's start it's over. Yeah. Rewind. Okay. And go. What were we talking about? Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Refs. So I was talking to these college football, former mm. college football players. And the thing with refs is you don't let refs decide the game, yeah. right? So that's how coaches talk. That's how players talk. Fans can talk differently. Fans can say what they want to say. There's truth to that to say, well, if you didn't want it to come down to the refs, then you should have made these other plays. Because there's a college football game this Uh, weekend, Alabama, Texas. The refs got involved or didn't get involved. Like there was a face mask penalty that was right in front of the ref. The ref didn't see it. It should have been first and goal for Texas and said it was second and nine. And Texas still could have scored, but they didn't. So when second down, third down, they kicked a field goal. Mm -hmm. If they would have gotten the first down, it's like, okay, they're that much close to the end zone. Plus they get an extra down. If they score a touchdown there, it's not looking as good. But anyway, what do we do with refs? Because refs are a part of the game. Mm-hmm. They're humans. Yes, they have replay and they still can't get it right after replay. Mm-hmm. Refs, in some ways, it's like, you don't want it to come down to refs, but there's two teams and they're both trying to win. And yep. sometimes a call is going to be made that's all of a sudden it's a 15-yard further field goal. 
well, the Browns would have lost the game. Yeah. So it impacted the outcome, but I guess you could say, hey, we shouldn't have let it come down to those refs. And that's the thing you want to say, but at the same time as a fan and maybe a player behind the scenes that's going to say something different to say, the refs screwed us. Yeah. But I don't know what you do with that. Yeah. I mean, the same thing happened to the Browns uh, in Pittsburgh last year mm-hmm. where Rashard Higgins got speared by, uh, I can't remember the guy's name, Pittsburgh. Uh, Rashard yeah. Higgins, you know, going yeah. into the end zone, you know, caught it and got just speared helmet first mm. and they didn't call it. Yeah. And so he didn't get the touchdown, but they didn't even call the penalty. And yeah. we're like, that's clear as day. Yeah. Like he got yeah. speared. Yeah. It was no accident. Yeah. And there's so many bad calls. Oh, it's, so it's always going to be in so there. So I guess you just got to deal with it. Well, I mean, yeah, you could say, well, you should have played a better game in the first half. And right. sure, they should have. But, yeah. you know, the first game for everybody is going to be rusty. Right. But all the games are, there's going to be more games that are going to be affected by the refs. Of course. So I guess we have to live with it. Yeah. No I mean, excuses, what's the Jared? alternative? Yeah. No refs? Oh, this fucking chaos. Yeah. Call your own fouls. Guys, uh, that was on me. Sorry about that. Remember they had the refs come in one year? It was like a few years. It's probably been more than a few years now. And the refs were striking. So they had scrub refs or scat, whatever they call them. I wasn't watching any they games They were then. terrible. Oh, I bet. Oh, they're so bad. They're like, bring the refs back. <laughs> I mean, they are just as bad as you could be, but it's wow. like, yeah. That's wild. What year was that? I don't know. Let's say it's seven years ago. Yeah, let's go seven. That's fine. It was pre-COVID. Mm. Like it's, there's me pre-COVID and post-COVID. Don't get me started on COVID. PC and PC. So figure out which one's what. I don't know. PCP? Mm. Yeah. 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 So I don't know. No, that's, yeah. I'm glad we were able to kind of cover this here, but how do you think Carolina's, what do you think they're thinking about Baker now? I don't know. It's too early. Yeah. It's one week. It looked like they were booing him after Everyone the first quarter. Everyone is so quick in this day and age to judge, make these, to, judge mm-hmm. to make assumptions on the way it's going to go. It's, it's like, bullshit. it's been one week. It could be anything. Mm-hmm. It could be a person, yeah. an individual. See him in high school and they do bad. Ah, oh, that kid sucks. Mm-hmm. I got that my whole yeah. high school career. Yeah. Yeah. But man, there's a, there's a ways to go. There's ways to go. Yeah. We had to all take a deep breath and, you know. I'll tell you, I mean, I'm going to watch the Panthers this year. Mm. I am. Yeah. You said that. Yeah. And yeah, I yeah. will say this though. I was a little, who's calling the plays? I mean, second quarter, it looked like Baker was more in, in charge of the speed of play. First quarter, it looked like somebody else was oh. calling plays for him because they did not make sense. Yeah. Their former offensive. Oh, that's right. Ben McAdoo. Remember the guy with the stash? Yeah. Yeah. What's they up call, with this they call the porn stash. He was the Giants head coach. Uh-huh. They like him. Yeah, Baker really likes him a lot. They yeah. have respect in the... Yeah. He's got respect in the NFL. He didn't do great with the Giants. Okay. So... Yeah. But he's here now. Yeah. I don't know, man. I was a little concerned. I didn't understand why they didn't put Rashard Higgins in. I mean, uh, that was just Baker's like guy. Yeah. No, no, no. Baker and Rashard had the most chemistry in Cleveland by far. Yeah. But Richard was on, on the roster there with, o, you know, Odell and, and Jarvis Landry. Mm. And so like he was always the sub. Yeah. But I mean, he's great. Yeah, they used to call him Richard Mayfield because he was over at Baker's house all the time. <laughs> That's Seriously. hilarious. Those stories are important. Those are some like lines that you don't know typically as a fan. Yeah. Of, like, who's their boy? Who are they mm-hmm. hanging out with? Oh, yeah. oh, wait, he's not friends with anybody on the team. Him and it's like the Bills quarterback and the offense, former offensive coordinator, now the coach of the Giants, hmm. same team. Like they were really close. Yeah. But you don't know that unless you know someone who knows someone that says they're hanging out together all the time. That's all that hangs out. Yeah. Well, what you do gives a lot of speculation, right? Even during the Panthers and Browns games, the commentators are like, you know, I mean, there was just a lot of, no. a lot of people in the Browns locker room that like just pushing this narrative that Baker wasn't loved by his team, which yeah. is bullshit. 
Why are we watching the same broadcast that we've been watching for the last yeah. hundred years? Why is it the same? It's boring. And these announcers, they suck. And not to mention like they have to go week to week to week to week. And like you have a different game, you're in a different city, you're traveling a ton. Like they don't know enough. Like there's always a Tony Romo out there who's like a lot of fun to watch and knows a lot about football and that's good. Mm -hmm. But overall, I'm like, these broadcasts suck. Yeah. Like this just not exciting. There should be a different way to watch it. Not to mention the amount of commercials it's oh every single God. year. These yeah. games take forever. And, and why do you think kids are like, this is boring? Well, you know how you texted me during the game? I didn't look at your text because okay. I was like, oh, because we started the game 45 minutes late Ooh, so we could sorry. fast forward. Yeah. Oh, no, it was okay. I don't even think your text was uh, game related. It probably wasn't. It's probably something from Twitter. Or something. Yeah, someone threw up on somebody. Something yeah. like that. I can, I can just look it up. <laughs> but that's the only way I can really enjoy the game is if I yeah. can fast forward through the commercials. Yeah, that's a good point. I'll tell you, so a guy who I think is really obnoxious but could absolutely make the game announcing, take it to a whole nother level mm -hmm. is Shannon Sharp. Yeah. Oh yeah. Someone different. He sounds like a Southern Baptist pastor. Yeah. Oh, I think so. <laughs> he just go wild. Yeah. Well, you get someone like, uh, like if you had someone who's into sports and who's funny, like a Kevin Hart, I'm not saying he would be the guy, but oh, you have someone, and they tried that with on Monday Night Football. Did they? Right? No, it's who a comedian. Jeez. Why? This is always the case. Who was the comedian? Dennis Miller, I figured it oh, out. Yeah, yeah, he was on there with Dan Fouts and it, it just didn't work out, but they tried. But you know what? I give him credit. You have to do something different. So for sure, TV announcers, yeah. not fun. Yeah. Radio announcers, that's a skill. Those guys are great. Yeah, that's they're different. Like, you know, so-and-so's taking it down. So they're like, rah, 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 yeah, yeah. like, they're building up, you know, football, baseball, everything. Yeah. That is an art form. Yeah, yeah. Soccer in like European soccer. I'm just not. Yeah. Maybe it's the accent. I don't know. College football game day on ESPN. It's become such a terrible show. I bet. Horribly biased towards Southern football. Fine, whatever. If you yeah. like that, it's great for you. The announcers they have on there, they have Lee Corso, who's like 80, like late 80s. And he's mm. the legend, but he doesn't have what he used to have. Yeah. And they're kind of like putting him out there. And it's almost like he's a mascot at this point. And it's uncomfortable to watch. It's kind of sad. But I will say this, they just hired Pat McAfee, who you- Oh, that guy's so funny, man. So they have to bring him in because you have to change. Because if you just continue to say, well, we're going to be college football game day, like we've always been, at some point, it's terrible. Like you have Desmond Howard, who's just awful. Like he's mm. just terrible at what he does. And I'm not saying that because he went to Michigan and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, he was amazing personal. there. It's no, but it's like, you have to change. Yeah. Or you're just, you're just dating. Everyone's making, no one's watching that shit anymore. So you have to make a change, right? So all of a sudden that changes it. And he needs to bring his crew with him too. Yeah, I don't know how that... Maybe they're on this last week or maybe it's this week. I don't oh, know when he starts. Because that would be fun just to watch. Like his commentating is a riot. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's wild. I like how he's always standing up. He's got the tank top on. Yeah. And he's got AJ Hawk. Yes. He's always... He's soaking his stogies. <laughs> on a, a Zoom call yeah, somewhere. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, he's, like a library And sometimes him. you'll see him. He's just shaking his head as to what Pat McAfee's talking about. Is hilarious. Yeah. 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 That's good. I just realized while you were like having this thing, we just talked for, I don't know, 17 minutes about the Carolina Panthers, like the least interesting. Now they got Baker. They're one of the least interesting NFL organizations without a doubt. Oh, for sure. You know, maybe it's their fan base, this or that, but whatever. And you know, but, but it could change. If our third category in Apple podcasts is Carolina Panther football, like we might be number one. Well, why don't you make it yeah, happen? I think we're going to be a Panther podcast. But at the same time though. Panther slash, it could change though overnight. Cause what if they bench him? Why would they bench him? I don't know. Darnold? No. Darnold's fucking injured. Like, I don't no, think anybody know. wants no, him to he, come back. No, they don't. Yeah. yeah. And what's his face? Corral, he's out he's for the hurt. season. Yeah. That, God. 
Yeah. If they don't win some games, they're going to have some issues. They're going to fire who, that they're coach. They're really playing next next I week. Know. I mean, you just like look at me like I know all this stuff. so much forever, Green. Yeah, right? <laughs> I know. Like by the time this thing airs, you know, I have to say, like 2012 has been a great year. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Like, yeah, I don't know. That was just like throws the whole show off. Yeah. No, you're welcome. Mm-hmm. Oh, is this September 18th coming up? It is. They're playing. Of course they the are. The Bills? No. Who? The Giants. We just mentioned them twice already. Should we weird? watch it together? They're going to be in New broadcast? York. Giants had a cool win. They beat the Titans. So they're screwing up, screwing up, got the ball back, went down the field, scored a touchdown. Nice. Extra point to tie. They went for two. Yeah. They got it. Nice. Got it. Wow. Gave the ball back to Tennessee. Tennessee goes right down the field. Tennessee's, of course, going to win. Hmm. Misses a field goal. Shut up. Giants win the game. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Too bad they didn't have Cade York. Mm. Hey, who's the Panthers uh, kicker? Because that wow, guy's got a like, short leg. He's got a short leg. He's got a short yeah. leg. He's got well, I'm, you know, I'm looking at Cade York and like, this guy's a beast. Yeah. But the Panthers kicker, like, he's a little bit of a struggler. Yeah. That's all right. Here's the other thing, too. We could also have like a Browns focused podcast as well, because look how many fucking Browns fans are in Charlotte. Oh, there's a lot. I'm part of the Carolina Browns backers. Ooh. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. I've never actually shown up to any of their meetings or anything. Oh, they have meetings. Yeah. Like weekday meetings, some rites and some rituals, but you know, I'm not going to get yeah. into those here because that would be violating Panthers signed kicker, Eddie Pinero to replace Zane Gonzalez. There you go. Eddie Pinero. Yeah. These kickers can bounce around pretty fast if they're not like steady. You know who won't bounce around? Cade fucking York. Yeah. Unless somebody pays him a ridiculous amount of money. Yeah. Well, they got him for a few years if he's a rookie. So they're good. Yeah, man. He's a killer. Yeah. He's a straight up killer. You ever thought about quiet quitting? So dumb. I mean, to me, it's just like, I don't know. Dial, just mailing it in. I mean, what is quiet? What is quiet? I was going to say, like, let's define it for I the don't know, man. For You're the asking listeners. a guy who's never worked in corporate America. A lot of my clients are corporate America, but nobody hires me to help them be better in corporate America. So people show up to work and they do the bare minimum. They stay below the radar mm-hmm. and they call it quiet quitting. So they basically quit their job, but they didn't quit. So they're still getting paid and no one knows it, but them, yeah. and they're mailing it in. Yeah. And so I think this has been going on for a long time. No shit. Right. But it's a trend now. So people get on TikTok. Hashtag quiet quitting. Now that's just dumb because you're like showing your cards. Yeah. It's like, hey. But if your boss isn't on there. Oh, somebody is. Yeah. And no real boss is ever on TikTok. They're going to have their assistant on TikTok. TikTok's. I brought TikTok up in a meeting and their faces just. You told me about that. Yeah. They freaked out. Yeah. I'm like, they're the same people freaking out about Facebook. Oh, sorry. That's TikTok. Oh, Mel Robbins. Yeah. She's great. You like, like her? Oh, she's badass, man. That just showed up in my stuff right she's, there. Well, that says something about me. Yeah, it does. I guess. Yeah. That's how you know the true test of a person, individual. The algorithm works. The algorithm. Are you scared of it? No, I'm fully aware of the algorithm. Yeah. It does not shock me. I mean, I know I'm being tracked. Yeah. Well, let's try an experiment right now. Are you being quietly fired? I'm quietly fired? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, thousands and thousands of videos. You would quietly fired look like you just stop receiving like your paycheck just gets smaller like and smaller uh, and they just stop right? receiving it. Yeah, I guess that's right. Yeah. 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 Wow. I don't know what TikTok just did to my phone, but dude, it's a Chinese owned company. When does LinkedIn have a quick video? YouTube Shorts. It's a thing. No, LinkedIn, I'm, I'm yeah. No, I agree. YouTube I'd, Shorts is a big thing. It's searchable. Yep. Yeah. They're coming for it. They're not messing around. No, they're not. They're losing search to TikTok. So mm. people look for restaurants instead of going to Google, they go to TikTok, yeah. hotels. Where do I visit? What do I do? How do I do this? Yeah. And Google's losing to TikTok. That's pretty wild. Yeah. Yeah. China. They're losing to China. China's 
Damn. Yeah. Yeah, we're in trouble. Well, I think we just have to be, oh yeah, that's a whole, mm. I've been tracking on that one for years. Okay. I mean, you know, when I was in grad school, you know, there was all the, oh, you know, we need to go get business in Asia. We need to go, you know, not we, but people were still talking about this. This was back in 2010, 2011. Yeah. yeah. And the things that became really clear to me as we started to dive into stuff is that trying now to go, you know, set up shop in Asia is just stupid. And this was back in 2010, 2011. What you have to do is you have to look at where's the fastest growing economy? You know, who are the real power players? And then understanding cultural dynamics, right? Like in, in the States, we don't do long-term planning. We plan for 90 days because that's how the stock market, quarters, everything else, yeah. the quarterly, it's silly. But China, they have a 50-year lookout. Mm. Israel, same thing. A lot of other countries are planning for decades in advance. So then the question is, well, where is China putting their energy and resources mm -hmm. back in 2010 to 2012? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you where it was. They were throwing cell towers up all over the continent of Africa. They were building a digital infrastructure. People that didn't even have running water had cell phones. And you start to go, okay, well, why are they doing that? Mineral rich. I mean, massive continent with tons of resources. And if you can control that, especially on the coastlines, I mean, it's just strategic, not just militarily, but economically, it's brilliant. Yeah. Because China's not coming in and marching in with armies. They come in and they buy things or they offer cheap goods that there's no profit because they're not incentivized that way because a state usually owns a controlling interest in every private company. So if you understand the dynamics of, of how the state and private business works in mm -hmm. China, you can better understand the moves that they make around the world, even here. Like as of recent, they're buying up farmland to feed China and they're buying up farmland in the United States. And we're selling it to them. Yeah, as I say, who's, yeah, individuals. Private right, parties. Because they want the money. Right, because that's how we're incentivized. Yeah. Profit over everything else. Yeah, wow. That in and of itself becomes a national security threat. But then you have to step back and go, well, is the response or the answer that, you know, we become more like China? No. But we have to at least be cognizant of, okay, hey. What are they up to? Right. Ask that question. Mm. There's all kinds of shady shit, but that's how they operate. Yeah. We talk a lot about, oh, China's army is, China's army hadn't been to fucking war and what? I mean, like, we don't know what their army's going to be. I mean, look at Russia. Holy shit. Everybody's like, oh God, the Russian military. The Russian military looks ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, you know, the United States is battle hardened because we've been at war for 25 years. Right. And like warfare is not economic. It's cyber and it's economic. Yeah, right. Which is what Russia is doing right now, right? With the winter coming and energy and all this yeah. stuff that they're going to do to Europe is not necessarily the military. It's like you're talking about. Well, that's just more opportunistic. You know, yeah. like the whole sanctions thing backfired. But sanctions have never actually punished, you know, despots or dictators. It always ruins the people. And, you know, foreign policy experts will tell you the same thing. It's like, well, that's kind of baked into the, to the equation there is that it's this far-fetched idea that we've had for years, decades, that never really works is that if you can put tight enough sanctions on a country, the people will suffer so much that they will rise up and overthrow their government democratically. It's very naive. Yeah. And we don't have a real good track record of that. Yeah. So instead we just fund proxy wars. Which is what we're doing. Okay. Well, India, they got a lot of people and they're going to have a yeah. lot more people. Of course. And not that they're going to battle with anybody, no, but they're no. just going to be, every other person you talk to is going to be related to India somehow. Well, I mean, maybe. The other thing you got to look at is what's going on in the environment in India right now. Man, they're going through some terrible droughts. I mean, when you look at like the record-breaking heat waves that are taking place in India, I mean, that's some scary shit. Yeah. Water scarcity. 
when I think about the United States, I think our biggest threat is failing infrastructure and in particular failing water infrastructure. You know, if you look at what's going on in the Western United States, we don't pay attention to it over here because we're in North Carolina. We have water. But if you go out and you look at what's going on with uh, the Colorado River Basin Mm -hmm. states, I mean, this could easily break out into, you know, small arm conflicts over water rights. California is implementing massive energy and resource restriction on the public because of the lack of water. It's gotten so bad. If you look at the Lake Mead, Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've seen any of this stuff on the news, but again, I mean, this is part of a a long-term scenario project that I'm working on with a client right now, but we're looking at the future of water. I'm paying attention to a lot of this. Yeah, yeah. It's fucking terrifying when you really think about if you live out there. So who's got to be worried out there? I don't read about it. But, oh, yeah. No, no. Anybody who relies on the Colorado River mm-hmm. for their water. Mm. Anybody. That's a lot. It is. Yeah. Here's the crazy thing. Arizona, right? Phoenix, say. Arizona. Yeah. Let's just use them as an example. Probably six months ago or so, Phoenix, Arizona. I can't remember. These, these small little towns that are outside Phoenix, Arizona that don't have water infrastructure, right? There's no water treatment or waste facilities, nothing like that they would have water transported to them if they didn't have well water. Mm. And I think roughly six months ago, city of Scottsdale, Phoenix, I'm probably getting a couple of these things wrong, but they said they're no longer going to transport water out there because they don't have it. Mm. So you have all these people that are living out there that will have no water. Essentially, they're going to have to just walk away from their homes because there's no water. Yeah. And there's no like, well, hey, here's the recovery plan. No. So what do they do then? Close the doors. And move, but where? You can't sell your house. Right. So you couple that too with just a lot of really bad policy, like certain policies that are out there. You'll find a lot of these little neighborhoods that are five houses and less. And again, I could get these numbers wrong because the way that it is structured out in Arizona is that any housing development, I think it's five, maybe it's 10, let's just say five, any housing development that has five homes or say 10 homes or less does not have to assure that there is access to water. So they can go out there and build in the middle of the fucking uh, desert. Yeah. And then they don't have to disclose to you whether or not there's like a water so well. who's right? I mean, who has to do something about like the home buyer would say, I'm not buying here because you don't have this? Yeah, well, it's just, again, we've talked about this when we talk about sprawling development. Yeah. We talked about this years ago with uh, Charlotte starting to look a little like Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And that's because developers are incentivized to come in and develop. They're not incentivized to ensure occupancy. So you have a lot of homes that just go up yeah. willy-nilly because like, oh yeah, this is great. Look, we're growing. Mm-hmm. Maybe vertically, you know? Yeah. But are you really growing? Yeah. So anyway, all that coming back to say all this, when you said who's really going to be affected, Arizona is having a major crisis. Do you know what the number one fastest growing city was during COVID when everybody was moving to different places? Was it Phoenix? or Yes. Okay. <laughs> Phoenix, Arizona. Fucking yeah. stupid. Yeah. So you already have a massive water problem and now you have overpopulation mm. in that city, thanks to COVID. Yeah, I mean, you could see scenarios playing out over the next five, 10 years of water yeah. refugees coming east. Yeah, I was going to say, is that where they come next? Come yeah. to the East Coast? Absolutely. You got to live, right? Yeah. Yeah. When these scenarios that uh, I'm writing up with the client, when these things are actually out and published, I'm, you know, maybe we can publish these on mm. the show. Could I like that. We've already yeah. got the four scenario, alternative scenario summaries that yeah. you know, are looking at solutions around I'd like you water. to read that out loud to us too. Like, I could. Have an audible. Papers on uh, the sun went down for the final time in Phoenix, Arizona. (laughs) Gunshots rang out. Buildings burned. Children cried. The elderly 
died. It was the year 2032. You like that? Yeah. Pretty good, huh? That's scary what shit. What am I doing with my life? Oh man, yeah. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of talk about how like this Northeast, the cities mm-hmm. in the Northeast that yep. were like big because Buffalo, New York, Erie Canal, because you can't live in Miami anymore because Miami's underwater. Right. All the coast towns up through Georgia and the Carolinas can't live there. Mm-hmm. So people are moving back up to, I don't know if you'd go to the port cities because they might have a problem, but like Cleveland, yeah. Buffalo, maybe Boston. Yeah. Like everyone's left just going back because it's 130 degrees down in Miami. Yeah. It's insane. Not only that, then you have to look at, you know, these large cities. If you get a massive swell of new people coming in, mm. you also have to look at, you know, how much infrastructure is actually being repaired well, or modified. Like the building, right? So they're not, yep. they don't have to build the hospitals. Usually they don't have to build the roads, the schools. They just need to fix the shit. Yeah. Like, and not just like patch it up. But I mean, yeah. our infrastructure is so bad. Mm. I mean, it needs to be overhauled yeah. on a major level, but yeah. nobody wants to spend the money to do that. Yeah. And even the infrastructure bill that just passed, it's but a drop in the bucket of what's actually required to fucking oh, you're fix it everywhere. Everywhere. But in particular, these massive cities. Growth cities. Yep. Atlanta, yeah. Boston, New York, all of them. There's some of the infrastructure, especially in the Northeast, is well over a hundred years old. Mm. Yeah. If you want to try and put like another, you know, two million people on top of that infrastructure in the Northeast, fuck no. Yeah. So where are we gonna live in the future? Oh, oh man, That's just where these scenarios come out. I don't want to yeah. start divulging because yeah. we, you know. Toronto. The art form is called speculative fiction. You're basically just looking at possibilities and then putting, you know, skin on it. So it'd be like, nowhere, US is like, we're all migrating to new cities. Mm-hmm. We're number seven as far as like worldwide. Oh, I think Charlotte would absolutely be a massive influx of people coming here. Really? Oh, hot ab- shit though. What if it gets hotter? And infrastructure, it's like, you can't drive to certain roads. Yeah, well. And that's today. I mean, let's go worst case here, right? If people are migrating here because they need water, mm. you're not really concerned about driving. You just want to survive. Okay. What happens in Texas? Yeah, Texas. I mean, no, Texas is a little bit different. You know, if you look at, I think, San Antonio, Houston, where they get their water from is not from the Colorado River. They get it from underground aquifers. Okay. So the big problem is this. We're still subsidizing agriculture at a mass scale. We don't need to be doing that anymore. I know people say, no, 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 we still have to subsidize. No, we don't. The reason agriculture was subsidized when we had all these factory farms was because of the Great Depression. It was part of the New Deal. So that nobody ever went hungry again. Well, guess what? We also have an obesity epidemic. We yeah. don't fucking have so a problem anymore. Why do people anymore. think like we're running out of food? Because what I heard is like that's not happening anytime soon. Like, yeah, abundance. it depends on who you talk to. It's all yeah. speculation. People think we're going to be overpopulated. Well, I've heard the number is going to be nine, right? And it's like we're at what seven, seven point yeah. five, and then we get to nine, and it's going to kind of come back down after that. Yeah, here's the thing, right? All of the concerns about overpopulation are not about the actual number of people. Yes, we have a shitload of people. What it is, is about, <laughs> it's about our food production right. and our supply chain for food. It's about what we believe we would still need to have. It's assuming number one is this, is that we don't change our diet or we don't change food production at all. Then yes, you have a crisis. But, you know, if you move away from large factory farms, which are not needed anymore, and also put small family farms out of business all yeah. the fucking time. But are time. these people tied into the politicians? 100%. Okay. So this is all about money. Big, oh, yeah. yeah. No, no, no. The agriculture industry. And again, these are not bad people, right? Like mm-hmm. if you were being subsidized by the federal government, I mean, I know some folks, I've worked with folks that are big ag. Yeah. And I'm not talking about Monsanto. I'm talking about actual farmers yeah. that run large farms and large areas that get subsidies, but that's how they're incentivized. They have some of the most breakthrough technology. They do great things, but 
the question always comes up is, is this going to be renewed? And it always is because they have a large lobbying arm as well. Right. It's like, you don't want to go over and say, Hey guys, we really appreciate it. But just as a whole, as an industry, we just don't think we need all this money from you guys anymore. They've already built up a massive, a massive infrastructure Mm. of agriculture at a level that is just ridiculous. Sure. What are you going to do with all that? You got to keep it running. So now you've got, you're spending extra time and money to keep those things alive. It's the same with water rights, right? I mean, there's John Oliver, who I think is funny, but misguided on a number of things, but he's still, he's an entertainer. He's a comedian, but he did this whole thing on water. It was really, really good. But he was showing, exposing some of these things about how farmers are growing alfalfa out in California, which is one of the most like water wasting crops you can possibly grow. It's used to feed you know, beef cattle for factory farms. Again, it all tied into how we, yeah. you know, what's our food production system like. But they're doing that because they have the use it or lose it laws. If you don't use the water that you have water rights to, you'll lose it. So they're just wasting water so they don't lose the water rights. Oh, so they're shit. growing shit they don't need to grow so they don't lose water rights. Mm. It is so fucking dumb. There's no logic to it. And it's all based on like these old ass agreements like the Colorado River Basin Treaties or where they just divvied this stuff up and said, this is who has water rights for this, this, and this. And they're still operating. I think this is from like the 20s and 30s. Mm. So not only do we have a problem thinking long-term, but we also continue to perpetuate shit that has outlasted its usefulness and context. So the concern about population is not so much in my mind, and again, I'm not an expert. It's not about actual bodies on planet Earth. It's about how we feed bodies on planet Earth. We have to completely rethink food production I think food production is much more localized. We have the technology and the infrastructure to do that. I mean, geez, you know, one front yard can grow a shitload of food that could feed two blocks. So who does this? Like, what does that change? Because there's so many things that go on in this world that are so short-sighted. Oh, yeah. Right. Well, people don't usually, in mass, they don't take action until the threat is right at their door. Okay. Then they do. Okay. So if you live in the Western United States, water is on your mind every single day. You live in the East Coast, it's not on your mind at all. Yeah. So yeah, that's also the difficulty of having a large country. Yeah. States' rights. Well, it's like a conversation I had told you about where you talk to someone in New York State, like, well, they just got rid of the mask mandate. And you yeah. live in North Carolina, you're like, well, what do you mean mask mandate? For what? Like, why'd you have a mask on? Because of COVID. Because what? Like, that hasn't been a thing. But every state is so different and they're so unique and they have their own governing. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think if we get to a, a tipping point where you do have things like water refugees coming from the West. That's crazy. Just that word. I know. Water refugees. Yeah. Think about that. That's the title of this show, by the way. I mean, that's I like good. It. It's yeah. good. I don't want it to happen. No, I know. No, no, but it's, it makes you think, what the hell's a water refugee? They needed water. Yeah, that's scary. There's all kinds of scenarios yeah, that come out good. of that. You know, you think people start moving this way here, not just the fact that you've got an infrastructure problem to deal with and a governance problem to deal with, but you've got a social problem to deal with. You've got an influx of people, not enough jobs. So how are you going to feed them? How are you going to house them? And if we continue just to build like new shit on top of old decaying infrastructure, it's a death spiral. So this is why foresight's important. You know, you got to ask these kinds of questions. You like that? Yeah, nice little like plug that. for my work. Yeah. What's up? Anybody yeah. wants to really understand how the future might unfold, you can find me at newfuturist.com. That's N-U-F-U-T-U-R-I-S-T.com. My name is Jared Nichols, and I'll be reading scenarios to you in this voice. <laughs> but. Yeah. You should have been a radio guy. I really should have been a radio guy. Yeah. I could talk real close like yeah. right here you now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. I think Charlotte would actually be okay. I mean, it would be stressed. Mm. But Charlotte's not so old like New York. New York has nowhere else to go. Yeah. New York is what it is, but Charlotte can still expand. I think in particular up north, like when you get close to Concord and Kannapolis, 
They're growing. It's well, crazy. Yeah, dude. It's crazy. Well, we used to Everywhere. live in that area. And it's beautiful up there too, but that yeah. is the place. Yeah, because you have land. You could keep going out. Like For it sure. doesn't take far. Once you're 30 minutes outside the city limits, there's still stuff you could do. Big time. Yeah. You look at the interstate corridor. They got to fix the inside of it, which they are. And there, yeah. there's some aspects. There's tons of like everywhere I go now, it's like under, there's something being worked on. Always. Yeah. Well, and that's the advantage that a lot of Southeastern cities, large cities have. The living's weird though. Like this whole housing market thing's like oh, yeah. really screwy. So I was like looking at housing prices in Charlotte, just like kind of getting a feel. And you see this price. Now this house that used to sit on the market for like a week or less is still on the market. Still on the market. Yep. And now the prices are dropping. Yep. Every single house on the market has dropped. Now I'm talking about like outside of the city, like in mm-hmm. this one of some of the suburban areas. Yeah. It's crazy what they're expecting. I'm like, these people are on the fringe of just missing out mm-hmm. of selling their house like overnight. Yeah. And now they can't sell it. And the rates are, you know, we're coming oh, off like the market yeah. dropped yesterday like crazy. The rates are going up. Yeah. The Fed's going to keep raising rates, at least for, we know this month in September. Oh, Chances yeah. are again in November. Of course. So what does that do with the mortgages? And so it's like your purchasing power mm-hmm. is not what it was, like not even close to what it was. No. Now, I still think there's people like a city like Charlotte is going to be better off yeah. than another city. because it's, it's a growing city. Right. Because yeah. like an executive from Bank of America moves to Charlotte from New York City, they're going to be like, hey, I want this house. I'll pay cash for it. Yeah. Or the company's going to buy it for me. So that, I think you're still going to be okay. And that's just one scenario where the investors, like you've talked about, they the might inve- still be- I don't think you're going to see a lot of investment Do you anymore. think that's done? By far. Even in cities like Charlotte? Absolutely. Okay. Because money's too expensive. I mean, 6% is too expensive for the yeah. private equity groups. Yeah. I mean, it's the only reason they did this was because number one, money was so cheap. Yeah. And the more That's assets right. you have, the so more you easy. can live. It was nothing. On yeah. top of that, if you look at the Trump tax cuts as well, there's a massive tax cut for rental properties. So if you were a landlord or if you were a company that owned a lot of property and your business was rental, you got a just an amazing yeah. tax break. Yeah. So they look, they just put all those things together and go, we just need to start buying up homes. Yeah. So they can come in and get, and that's what just drove it's easy costs. strategy for them. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. But now that money's more expensive, they they're not do doing it. that. Yeah. It doesn't make sense for them to do that. I just, the concern I would have, and this is the thing I've been thinking about. So all these houses that you saw, people were buying houses sight unseen. Mm-hmm. No inspection. Yep. Moving in, paying yep. probably way two, three, over. way over, way over what they typically would. But I get it. The market's stable, sure. you know, it was, that's what you had to do yeah. if you wanted that house. What happens six months later? Because typically you can't sell that house for at least two years unless you're going to pay taxes on that house if it did appreciate. Yeah, if it's your primary residence. If it's an investor, but I'm talking about yeah. like an individual. Like we had an 07, 08, yep. 09, right? Yeah. People got Individuals themselves in trouble. And that was an mm-hmm. issue. That was a different issue. Yeah, home flipping. Well, people bought a five or seven year arm, yep. right? On those houses. And then those things came true. Mm-hmm. So they bought them in 2002, 2003. And then it, yeah, right after the 01 crisis. So- yep. But here, if you bought a house for eight hundred thousand, yeah, and the house typically would have been five hundred thousand, right? Now the house is back to six hundred. So yep. now you're two hundred thousand dollars underwater. Mm-hmm. Now chances are you have a good interest rate on that house, sure. so that's good. So you can stay there and you can let that thing, but you can't move, yeah. Because if you do, you owe the bank a lot of money. But how many people does that have to happen to for this to become a real problem? Oh yeah, yeah. Well, not just that, yeah because we looked at this too, was getting a home equity line of credit. Because mm. like you can, I mean, how many people did that? Because oh, you have, oh uh, yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, our house appreciated nearly doubled. Because if you had that scenario where you had a 500 and now it's worth 800, you still live in it, you take the line of credit out. Well, now your line of credit's upside down. 
it was called a cash out refi. That's what it was. Okay, yeah. So you're essentially taking a mortgage out on your home based yeah. on the equity and the valuation of it now. Mm-hmm. You know, you can say, well, hey, we can get like 200,000, you know, additional dollars out of this house. Yeah. That just gets rolled into a new mortgage. Yeah. And now it's like home prices are dropping. Well, guess what? You're underwater. Yeah. And I don't know if Charlotte has that yeah, direct so impact. It's drastic, but it could have it. So I saw something and it's a headline because I tried to read the article yeah. and I couldn't because then you had to pay for it. I'm like, geez, guys, just give me the content and yeah, let me well, see if it's good. It's worth the money anyway. Nine, there's like 140 major markets, let's just say, mm-hmm. right? 90 of them are already negative yeah. for housing markets. There's 50 of them are not. And most of them are in the Southeast, of course, Charlotte, yeah. Atlanta, those types of cities. Yeah. But if it continues to trend and if we do hit a true recession mm-hmm. that we can all agree on is a recession. It's not a technical recession. Right, right. <laughs> what happens is like, how much are we going down? Are we talking 5%, 10%, 20%, 30%? Like mm-hmm. now we have a real problem. Yeah, well, I mean, again, that runs into demand. So a place like Charlotte, you know, right. it's a city on the rise continuously, yeah. continuing to grow. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're definitely going to see home prices drop Yeah. because the demand, the demand's high, but the people can't, they can't buy because I mean, the interest rates are so high. Yeah. Again, we've talked about this before. 6% is not bad, but we've right. gotten so used to one, two, 3%. Yeah. The 6% seems like, you know, the apocalypse. Yeah. Yeah. So the other problem that you run into is actual supply. How many new homes are actually getting built? Yeah. Not a lot, not compared to like what it was prior to 2008. I mean, right. oh my God. Yeah. Again, because that was the incentive structure. Yeah. So what is it in Charlotte? I'd like to know. They're struggling. Supply is not keeping up with demand. Yeah. Well, and here's the other thing too, right? Builders are assholes too, just real quick. Oh, 100%. Yeah, thank yeah. you. I just you want to shout I mean, out to a few of, of the builders I know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's, yeah. <laughs> just to all those builders that have worked, he's like, eat <laughs> shit. Yeah. So you have to look at that too, right? Is, is that it's not an isolated thing where it's, well, supply and demand. You also have to look at global supply chain, right? Cost of goods have gone through the roof. So inflation because of, you know, I mean, China's still pursuing, I don't think they're still pursuing COVID zero, but they still are doing lockdowns. Oh, man. It's just Crazy. a fucking ridiculous. Yeah way of operating. Then you've got, I mean, just the cost of goods, like lumber, yeah. all of that, super high. I heard that number right now. People on average are spending $450 a month more today than mm. they did pre-pandemic. Yeah. On just your household items. Yeah. Toilet paper. Yeah. Dude, gas prices. Now, yeah. I'm not talking about gas at the pump. I'm talking about like your natural yeah, gas, yeah, yeah. all that. Yeah. Stupidly high. Energy bills. I'm like, what justification? Oh, there's a war in Ukraine. Don't fucking give me that. Yeah. It's like, we've got plenty well, of natural gas. Well, they jack the prices up, right? Yeah. So it goes up before, whatever, yep. five, whatever it is. And then they drop it down mm-hmm. and say, oh, it's not that bad. Well, it, yes, is. it is. It is. Yeah, it's it such is. a lie. They've conned so many people in that. Yeah. They're no. still at 350 or whatever it is, you know, with Charlotte. The oil companies had record profits as soon as that war in Ukraine broke out. Yeah. And nobody feels sorry for you. Yeah. Seriously. It's like, come on. And then the, the sad thing is that we've got a completely non-functioning Congress. Mm. They just like to fight, bicker, get their 15 minutes of fame, 15 seconds of fame on social media, but nobody gets anything done. This is why I'm concerned with, you know, water infrastructure, infrastructure in general, but water infrastructure is that, hey, you know what? This is a national security level crisis. Every major civilization throughout human history has either collapsed in full or in part because their inability to maintain water infrastructure. Look it up. Just fucking overnight. Gone. Yeah. Because guess what? We need water to live. Jeez. And when that shit falls apart, everything else follows. Mm. But we're not worried about that. We want to know what the craziest thing Trump said or any of his wild ass supporters said. And who's denying the election? And what about critical race theory? I mean, come on, fuck it. Let's, seriously, you know, mm. the most important thing is, are we actually going to have a country to live in, a state to live in? Wow. Or are we just going to wait until shit hits the fan and it's just yeah. like every man for themselves? Mm. Well, this has been fun. Yeah, you yeah, depressed this is, this is good. 
Yeah, it's yeah, really good. It's actually really not good, but it is good. It's yeah, all, it works out. I know. So let's do this. I got to do something post podcast. So we got to hang up. I don't want to know about your bathroom habits. No, it's good. No, okay. it's not that. Yeah. I got a call. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. How often are we going to do this? It's going to be like, what should the listeners expect? Twice a month minimum? More than that, I think. And mm -hmm. I say that more for my own selfish needs because mm -hmm. I can really get amped up and then mm -hmm. just go home and be super productive. So we should do this more regularly. Like okay. maybe once a day. We'll try it. Once a day. <laughs> That's all we do. What do you I'm do? I'm down with that. I have a podcast. Does it do anything? No, it's fun though. Hey, well, yeah. the next episode, we need to talk about how I uh, mm -hmm. just started buying Dungeons and Dragons stuff to get okay. my kids into it okay. and how I was never allowed to play it as a kid because of wow. like- I thought like, you were joking when you texted no, me something I was about Dungeons. You oh, should wow. see the I was like, man, this is going to be great. We're going to use our imaginations. Wow. I've gotten some of the books. I'm like, this shit That's is complex. Crazy. So if anybody yeah. out there listening to this knows how to actually play this game, I would totally love to be a player. But right wow. now, I have to not see that. Come I know. That's the next episode. That is. Ooh, yeah, stay ooh. tuned. Dr. Dre, good That's stuff. right. right. I'll tell you about my role as a dungeon manager. And I'm out. In case you haven't noticed, we love podcasts. In fact, we love building podcasts, everything from development to production. Because of all that, we're building a one-of-a-kind podcast network. If you have a podcast or looking to launch a new podcast, then we should talk. You can message me on Twitter at Eric underscore Kaz or hit us up any way that works for you. Let's talk about your podcast joining this one-of-a-kind podcast network.